Y'all, welcome back. I am so excited for this one. We have an awesome guest this evening. Uh, Eric is here. Always a great show when he's here. He's my main man. You guys know he's he's honestly well smarter than me, and he keeps me balanced. So I'm always happy when he can join. He is uh, he is the the cornerstone of this here podcast. But uh, the main point that I do have to get out of the way up front is that we had some technical difficulties. So the first few minutes of this thing got cut off. We had to switch to a different platform entirely. We're gonna figure this out one day, guys. <laughs> I assure you that we're gonna be super duper extra professional starting you know like maybe in 2025 i think we'll have it figured out by then so genuinely thank you guys for listening it kind of picks up you know 10 to 15 minutes in uh the our guest is nadia she does a podcast herself it's called expression quest it's awesome she interviews all types of artists and just creative people and the points of view that come out of that show are amazing so check that out if you uh you know once you listen to all 200 episodes of this show go check out all the episodes of her show because it's awesome but yeah she's cool i uh, thank you again nadia for coming on and everybody out there i think you're really gonna enjoy this one so yeah here we go nadia <laughs> <laughs> nadia when did you first realize you had a passion you know just for, just for art artistic expression you know whatever it may be what was the first you know that you trigger what was the first time you noticed um I don't know. I think it's just always something that I've I've done naturally. Um, I guess like most kids, like I've always drawn pictures and stuff like that and like enjoyed like coloring and, and things. And um, so, yeah, I think I just always drew through my, my childhood. And then I kind of just didn't take it that seriously ever. Like I always took art class and stuff, but um, yeah, like maybe I wasn't like the most, uh, you know, like the greatest at drawing or anything like that, <laughs> but I always like just had fun doing it. And um, yeah, I love colors. I love like nature and like admiring just like, you know, plants and animals and stuff like that. So uh, I don't know, it's just kind of maybe gross from that. It's just like an appreciation of like color and texture and just like I don't know making things that uh, that are interesting manifest from your hands things like that <laughs> I like it so I asked that on purpose because I mean I've got two small children both of whom love creating anything and everything like the other day my wife was throwing away an egg a uh, little egg carton like you know a dozen egg carton and they're like no 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 don't throw it away and they grabbed crayons and they just colored it for no reason like there was no reason to do it it just came out of nowhere and they just felt like coloring it like the reason I ask it is like, do you think that almost everybody, I mean, I literally, do you think everybody has at least a little bit of an artist in them? Um, yeah, I do think that is true. I think that, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Western notion or what, but I feel like that there's this kind of idea just in the general like American culture, or you know, maybe most Western cultures that, um, you have to be like qualified in a certain way or have like special skills or like be mm -hmm. very, very skilled in order to be, uh, you know, worthy to do artwork or to, you know what I mean, to call yeah. yourself an artist or this and that. And I think that it's very inhibiting to a lot of people and it's very intimidating and stuff. And it, I think that um, it's like sad to me because it's like, well, you see from your kids that like, that I think we all are as people just like inclined to spontaneously and naturally like just 
express and I'll, you know, in various ways, like, you know, visually or like with music, singing, dancing, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like I have a lot of admiration for, you know, these artists and, um, and et cetera, who are very skilled. And I think that that's yeah. very beautiful, but if it's at the expense of like everyone in general not even trying to express in any way I feel that it's actually kind of a tragedy to be honest you know what I mean because yeah it's like kind of outsourcing our natural um gift you know just is I think it's very a part of being a human you know yeah yeah there's probably an argument to be made that if you don't have some sort of artistic output or outlet for that sort of creative freedom you can't really like grow or achieve the full personhood that you would otherwise, right? Mm. I don't know. I mean, do you think yeah. that's true of everybody? And like, the, I, I do want to try and like nail that down. Is there at least one out of a million people that has and wants nothing to do with art? You know what I mean? Like, I personally think that deep down, everybody has at least some, but like, do you think, have you ever met anybody? Or do you think that somebody exists that does not need to express that at all? Because mm-hmm. I, I actually, I think that everybody does, but is, is there, you know what I mean? Like, is there a chance that some people are just, not about it don't want anything to do with it i'm good just doing work and going home uh i mean of course there's plenty of people like that but um i think what's also true is there's a lot of people who are you know shut down in certain ways but uh that is you know like not to their benefit you know and it's not anyone's fault you know i i think it's probably due to some form of, um, you know, childhood adversity or, you know, like a teacher mm. or a parent, like making fun of them for this. Yeah. You know I mean, this, this kind of stuff shuts children down. It can shut people's uh, capacities and like wanting to try things down for like their entire lives. You know what I mean? So it, I think that a lot of people live life like that. And I think that it's, I don't know, I'm not like crying about it for them, but at the same time, I think it's like, it's like, it's like living a life without love. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's totally Ooh. possible. It's possible, I guess, but it's like, why would you want to do that? You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a big part of being a human, I believe. No, I so, like that. That's yeah. a friggin' great answer. Because it's, it's very similar. Both things touch your soul. I mean, true love and, and true artistic expression, both are supposed to come from the heart, I, I would think, you know, knowing very little about either one of those. But you know what I mean? Like, it, you could go through life without trying but yeah, and it's almost it. It is. It's kind of a shame that not everybody had that be nurtured, like as at a young age of whatever it was you were doing, coloring, singing, dancing, like so that, that you weren't told like, "Hey, great job, keep going." That I mean, I know personally adults in my life whose parents, when they would sing in the car, they're like, "Yeah, my parents actively told me to stop singing in the car." Whereas like I tell my kids, "Belt it out," and like they can't sing worth a rip because they're five and three. But like, belt yeah. it, man. I don't care. Belt it out. You know, like it, go for it. Yeah. And there's a difference between being good at it and it's still having value, right? Like you can be not great at something, but Thank it you. still has value to you and it still serves a purpose in your life and in other people's lives. And like, you know, how good something is doesn't necessarily mean, you know, equate to its importance. But that's capitalism. If you can't sell it, it's not good. If, if it's not worth somebody paying for it, then you should stop. Like, and that's a shame. Everybody yeah. But isn't art like unique in that? And that a lot of like, art is not in the moment as appreciated as it is in due time. Ooh. Ooh. So, I mean, yeah, obviously so many artists, specifically painters, but so many artists get more credibility or whatever post-mortem. Like we, we look back on these artists and realize that we didn't appreciate them in their own time. And 
I guess that's kind of the same as my three-year-old getting the lyrics to a song wrong. Like, you know, it's fine. It's in a couple of years, I'll look back and I'll miss it. So like, I guess that's, I guess that's cool. So, okay, here, here's kind of, a, I don't even know, like, I think there's basically, it just takes two things for you to consider yourself an artist. If you just consider yourself at all baseline, that's just a desire to create and then the ability to create. And I, I don't think there's really much else that needs to be added unless do y'all. Do you think there needs to be any more qualifications there other than just the desire and then physically doing whatever it is you desire to do? Do you think there needs to be a third or fourth caveat there? Um, I would say that that's true. Um, I guess that I would add that like, I think that in my opinion, like if you're gonna be an artist, like you have to kind of do something with like some regularity, mm. you know? So, mm. um, because it's like, I don't know, like if you write a poem like once a year, I don't know, are you really, a, in a way, I guess, sure, like anything counts, but I think it's like, I think you have to kind of have a practice, like do like one poem a week or something, once yeah. a, one a month even. Some and type I mean, of rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, some kind of rhythm, I think, but, you know, so you can get kind of more involved in your practice of some kind. I like that. No, I, I can dig that. Uh, okay, so here's here's something that I uh, literally last night, I was just like struggling to put my to put like a real sentence together on what it is I'm even trying to say. So just just go with me. In order to create quality art, is the struggle required? The concept of the quote unquote starving artist or the, the struggling musician is, is it, is there almost like an inverse correlation between an increase in financial stability and a decrease in artistic ability? Does, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Am I getting what I'm trying to, cause like, I cannot formulate a better way to put this out there, but is yeah, that, no, is I that required? It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do y'all feel yeah. me? Like I think, uh, yeah, I think it's not required. That's what I would think. I would say. Um, I think it's not required. Um, however, I mean, because capitalism, right. It's <laughs> just like our, you know, mode of, uh, economy. That's the reality of the matter is because of that. It's like all time has to be in a way accounted for, you know what I mean? And so like through kind of like income and like, it's so hard to like, pay rent and all this without like working um a certain allotted amount of hours and stuff like that it's, it's kind of like a rigged game you know oh yeah in a weird way so I mean for the people who like you know uh have like quit their job to like pursue their artistic passion if you will or whatever um you know, I think there's a, a certain point at which the, that it could be like really, really beneficial for a person because, you know, maybe there's like no, like there's not that safety net feeling, you know what I mean? And maybe that could like push people. Um, but at the same time, there's also like, you know, a contrasting notion of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs type of thing. Like if you don't have your like basics, right? Then like, how can you go and create and like feel free to you know do something uh artistic you know so i i don't know i don't necessarily really subscribe to that notion that you must be like struggling and things like that um because no i i really don't think so no i really don't think so but um at the same time i, I can see how it could kind of like motivate somebody to uh go all in or something like that in that way where like you know 
if you want to do something professionally like involving money say yeah um but you know then on the other side sorry this is like a long answer now do go <laughs> but <laughs> yeah um on the other hand sometimes you know day job type things can kind of kill an art you know what i mean yeah. it can kill it can kill um parts of your soul yeah, and man. like your your energy mm-hmm. and your time and things like that so i mean it's like a, it's like a delicate balance and so i think that that's just something that people who have you know pursuits that are not you know very marketable say that's something <laughs> that you know just needs to kind of be figured out somehow yeah yeah joe i would i would agree with nadia there like a lot of times if you talk to or if you like hear a band talk about like their biggest hit, they're like, oh yeah, that was the easiest song we had to write. Really? You know what I mean? They're just like, oh yeah, that one just came out. And, but to get to sort of the, I I think part of the idea behind your question is like, sometimes I think we imbue art that we view as full of struggle with more importance, maybe Mm. just Mm. than maybe it would have otherwise. Like maybe sometimes the way we value something has to do with the path and the struggle to create it rather than just the thing that it inspires within us. Like that is something that might just be a normal human reaction. I don't know. Well, and I wonder if it's also like a relatability thing. Like when I was, you know, 19 and, you know, just poor college kid or whatever, I related to artists that were like you know fuck the system or whatever that kind of like ragey kind of a thing whereas the older i get i just don't necessarily have like i certainly don't but when i was like 19 my room was covered in tie-dye and i was all i wanted to do was just like join a commune and drop out of the system you know what i mean like that's and that was i i believed it and the band oh i know art (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) the 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 things that i I consumed usually reflected that type of a, of a notion. And that was also other young struggling musicians and artists, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if it's that I related to it more because I was also going through that at the time and the older and like not rich by any means, but like, you know, I I can pay my rent relatively kind of sort of on time. Like, I don't know. I find myself not relating to that as much or not enjoying it as much as I used to that it's, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm going for. Like it, the idea that like, Paul McCartney putting out albums right now. I don't think the average 19 year old relates to a 65 year old millionaire cranking out an album. You know what I mean? Like, is there, is there a ceiling to that where at some point when you're just that rich, you don't have the point of view that is relatable to, you know, the rest of us that clearly aren't. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like I'm struggling to get what I'm trying to say. That is true. Yeah, that is true. I feel like that it's very obvious. I think your point is very obvious when you look at like some kind of like older like middle-aged comedians I'm gonna Mm. say I'm gonna call Mm. some of these people out because you're just like what are you even talking about anymore like sometimes when I see like Chris Rock or like who oh yeah or like I don't even know just some of these kind of like older guy comics it's just kind of like stop please (laughs) or like Jerry Seinfeld or something I'm just like what are you even talking about (laughs) he his last special I mean I laughed at it don't get me wrong but his last special he referenced a couple of times he was like yeah my life is better than you like talking to the audience he was like yeah admittedly I have a nicer house than you and it's like that is hard to relate for anybody under 40 like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I think it could lose Ooh, ego what do you got well, I just, I wonder if part of the, part of his art is having to express that because he knows you're thinking it, right? Like, Ooh. is it, 
part of the goal then to break through that and to say, hey, I know that we have different life experiences, but I'm still trying to connect to you on X, Y, or Z level. No, that's, I like that. That's interesting. Because I I imagine it would be off-putting to some, but in, in that light, I mean, you can't fault him. You know, like he, he made his money, Chris Rock made his money like they all they all did but then it's it's hard to relate but at the same time if they're trying to pierce through that maybe that's the idea are you still trying to pierce through i mean i guess it's kind of the concept of like quote unquote sellouts it's it's why we don't like when bands make purposefully easy songs for mass appeal if you're still trying to hit that like you know the the deeper meaning i guess it maybe that's maybe that's the issue if you're just not trying it maybe that's what it is we just don't like people getting paid more for doing less you know what i mean maybe that maybe that's Mm -hmm. the crux of the issue i I guess you know like huh yeah because you're right there is like implied in like you know the like the system of paying for a service or a product or something is that there should be like effort or like skill and like you know what i mean that it should take some struggle and stuff like that so I find that to be so interesting because like I have you know um I have like some little ventures you know besides the podcast like I have um like a community art group you know that I have um that I run like for my neighborhood basically it's just like an art club that's awesome (laughs) thanks seriously that is super cool (laughs) yeah you can start with two um you know, it's not easy because it takes a lot of upkeep and stuff, but it's like, uh, and I felt so funny about like asking for people to like give me, you know, tips or something like that. But it's like, ultimately, and even like the Patreon I have for like my podcast, I'm just kind of like, it's just strange to put like money value on like things that you do kind of naturally in a way, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? But you kind of have to do that at a certain point because implied in like this kind of like work notion is that it should be painful or like unpleasant, you know? Yeah. And it's like, what, but what if it's not though? Yeah. (laughs) What if it didn't pay less (laughs) or something? Yeah. It's strange. No, it's It's weird. It is it, it, to try and tie in money with art is always just difficult, but also to tie in with money. That brings me to this week's quiz. Everybody Uh-oh. get excited Uh-oh. for this week's quiz. Ah. Oh. All right. Uh, three questions. No, four questions. Uh, yeah, I forgot to throw a fourth one in. Four, four questions tonight. Uh, pretty much all about money and uh, kind of sort of art. So yeah, just go oh. with me. Question one. Oh. Question one. Uh, what, or I guess who, whose guitar has sold for the highest price ever at auction? And I'll give you a clue. In fact, I'll give you two clues. One, he's dead. I guess that's three clues. One, it's a he. Two, he's dead. Three, it's well over the millions. So you're going to be guessing in the how, how many millions of dollar range. Whose guitar was sold and how much was it sold for? guarantee you guys know who this person is but i mean it, saying it's a dead guitarist narrows it down to thousands of people so good luck i mean my my first instinct is just of like people spending too much money on a dead artist would be elvis <laughs> it's and, a good instinct uh, he was in the top 10 list but no he okay. was not the number one most but that's a great and honestly you're aiming the right track prince was a prince Ooh, also in the top 10 but no it was uh it was kurt cobain his guitar, uh, okay. his guitar sold for six million dollars at auction, y'all. Wow. 
Yowza. I mean, there's plenty of others. Both of both of the people you named as well. Hendrix went for like two million. John Lennon was like two point yeah. four. And uh David Gilmore of Pink Floyd is actually the second most Pink expensive Floyd, with yeah. four point something million dollars. Wow. Question, yeah, right. It's insane. But but that's the value that some people put on art is that they will take a guitar that they will never play just because it used to be held by the person they love and they'll pay million. Anyways, it's crazy. Number two, most expensive painting ever sold. Now, I don't expect y'all to know the painting because I mean, how could you possibly, but can you guess how many hundreds of millions this painting was sold for? I'm going to get 430. Uh, Not even yet. Guess, uh... Uh, 400. I'll do like the prices, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed at both. Of you. It's 450.3 oh. million dollars. E, you were like right on it, dude. It's uh, <laughs> right, Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi. It's uh, it's Jesus holding like a clear orb <laughs> or something. There was a yeah. 19 minute bidding war. It started at like under 100 million, and for 19 minutes, billionaires threw money at this thing. So it's just. Wow. All right. Question three. What is the price paid for the most expensive book ever sold? And I, I'm going to give you one more clue. It's under a hundred million and more than 10 million. So most expensive book ever sold. What was the price paid for that? Seventy one. I'm going to go with eighty. Both of y'all well too high. $30.8 million. That, okay. that book, also Leonardo da Vinci. It was his science diary. This guy posthumously selling stuff for hundreds of millions of dollars. It's insane. Insane. Last question. And this one, this one blew me away. And it's by far the least expensive thing that we've named so far. By far. What is the most expensive meal? you can buy now not donor meals because you can find records of 50 million dollar donor meal but that's uh, we all know what we're doing i mean this is this is supposedly worth the price which there's no effing way but it's supposedly worth the price and it's actually a dessert the most expensive dessert just put it it's well under the millions it's, it's in the tens of thousands of range it's under fifty thousand dollars more than one thousand dollars take a guess the most expensive single person dessert $50,000. I, I I'm going to say 24000 because maybe it has like gold in it. See, okay. And here's the thing. I whittled away a couple of them because a couple of them have layers of gold sheets. So Nadia, actually one okay. was literally $52,000, but it's just layers of gold sheets, which I'm sorry, I don't count that. So the one that is just the actual edible thing at the Fortress Stilt Fisherman Resort in Sri Lanka, it requires 24 hours notice. You can't just order it. You have to order it for tomorrow. It's $14,000. And it is, swear to y'all, the size of a shot glass. It is tiny. It's What like, is it? It's Irish cream. It's a, it's, it's a, the base is an Italian cassata. And it's served with pomegranate and mango compote. And the base of the thing is like a champagne sauvignon. And it's like the whole dish is edible, but it's effing tiny, but it's beautiful. Like, I, I wish I had a, a way to show you guys this thing. It is truly beautiful, but it's $14,500. And like, no, are you like, 
it's tiny. It's friggin' tiny. But that brings me on purpose to this next question. Do y'all think food can be art? Do, do, do you think once you get up to those ranks of truly high class, you know, the, the, I consider a lot of these chefs as passionate as any artist or musician. You know what I mean? Like, do you consider food? I'm not talking TGI Fridays. Do you consider food <laughs> to be art? Yeah, I know. I, but believe it or not, even though I was uh, a waiter for TGI Fridays, I'm not their best spokesman, but they're going to want it. But <laughs> you had flair and everything. Your, your flair was all your art, Joe. My flair was so cool. But yeah, do, do you guys think that food can cross the boundary line? into art once you get to that level definitely yeah definitely yeah, yeah I, I am a big fan of like i've watched a ton of like top chef and stuff like that and yeah um i plan to actually have like a chef on my show like i want that in the coming that'd months or something if i can find one no that'd be a fun um, interview that's it. honestly yeah if you find one yeah. kick it my way I'll, I'll take i'll take sloppy seconds on your chef interview yeah, I gotta go out and like network a bit more now that we're not like trapped in our homes and stuff. Like that. <laughs> go handshake. So, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, definitely. So, like, I just I always appreciate. It. I mean, and I just like I love personally like food. I love eating, um, and just like wonderful combinations and just kind of watching those shows. You really kind of get to understand like people's aesthetic, and to me, it really is kind of like it could be really art. I think definitely you know if you're the thing is you really have to know what you're doing though it's very complicated it's very complicated and you have to like have like encyclopedic knowledge of a lot of things and I love pastries too like I watched some pastry chef show like I would love to go to pastry college or something like (laughs) I don't actually really do much myself but I would like the just experience of getting that education would be really cool but I'm kind of lazy like I don't really do a lot of actual cooking or anything but like Anyway, but I just love the idea and I love like, I me, mean, I love ideas, you know, and I love concepts and just aesthetics and stuff. Yeah. So it, I think like food has a lot of that and it's, it's so fun. So. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And if you think about it, a lot of times like food and what we consider quote unquote art, they sort of have the same inspirations, right? Like they sort of are based off childhood and they can evoke the same emotions of like a memory of some place or time or idea. Mm. And they can affect people in kind of the same way, quite honestly, right? Like, I'm sure I've gotten the same amount of joy from eating food that I have from watching a movie or seeing a painting or reading a book. Definitely. Absolutely agree. I mean, there, yeah, I have like unforgettable meals, definitely, yes. and unforgettable dishes. And stuff, yes. So. There, yeah. I've got a highlight reel in my head. of, of the, It's weird, though, because it's like it's it's one of the few forms of art. Like if I hear a good song, I can hum that song. Like it's not good, but I can at least kind of hum that song. Like if I, if I, I can remember a painting or a, you know, a, a passage in a novel that I read, which I didn't cause I'm illiterate, but you can kind of fake it in your head. But with food, you can, you can just remember the fact that you liked it. You can't, you can't like even pretend to, to, to like bring that into a moment, you know, or, or, or maybe that's just me. I, I, can you at least almost bring up that that feeling kind of yeah can you yeah i i think smell is a big part of this like i think there's some smells that remind me of certain meals or foods Mm -hmm. and times and there are certain like because part of what you experience about with food i think is the moment in time right like yeah it's not just the taste in your mouth it's the whole experience and and then some ways it's like art that's very you know, artistic is that the whole thing, it's a whole sensory thing that overwhelms you. So I think sometimes that can be triggered. 
in other ways outside of the one experience you had eating French toast with cinnamon ice cream in Paris, for example. That's a great point, though, because a good meal at a good restaurant that has a good visual aesthetic, good music playing, it smells good, it tastes good, it really does, it invokes probably the most amount of your senses at any given time. And if it's crunchy, you, you literally feel it. Like it literally hits all five senses. If, if you have good music, good view, good taste, good smell, good feel, it actually does hit all five. That's interesting. And so if you, if you smell maybe like cinnamon ice cream, it actually brings you, you can semi-transport back to that moment. Cause I admit I cannot, that is not something that I, I've ever been able to do, but you can. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. No shit. Nadia, can you, is, am I weird here? Um, yeah, I, I can really remember some meals, definitely. Like, yeah. But I mean, I don't know, not everyone's affected by the same kind of art in the same kind of way. So, you know, I think that, that that's like variation. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and that's, I like, just, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because like food is like everybody at least can make easy Mac or like cereal or whatever. But <laughs> I, I'm going to guess that most people's grandmothers can cook really well. At, you know, at least in generally speaking, most people's grandmothers, I feel like a standard Thanksgiving, you know, good home cooked meal, a lot of times can be better, certainly better than TGI Fridays. You know what I mean? Like you can probably do better than the, the average McDonald's TGI Fridays, et cetera, style meal. Whereas your average grandmother probably can't like, correlate a five-part harmony or like make a statue you know what i mean like for some reason food is a more universally relatable concept you know and i don't know if that diminishes diminishes it for me necessarily but but i guess here's where i'm trying to aim with this is that i've heard people complain that their favorite restaurant got too popular and then they either had the wait times were longer or the menu changed because they're trying to appeal to a mass audience and i think that is very similar, in my opinion, to the way that I at least used to view musicians. If, if their mu musical taste became more watered down to purposely appeal to a mass audience, it's this idea, kind of, again, circling back to selling out. It, it, it almost comes down to, like, why do we feel this weird ownership on these things we consume? Like, if I find a band that I really like, and then five years later, they suddenly change to get more popular and more mass appeal, I feel personally betrayed. Do you guys know what I mean by this? Like, have you guys ever like either hole in the wall restaurant or like a small artist? Like, why do we feel this weird ownership of these things? Do, do you guys feel that as well? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like to some extent I have to, you know what I mean? It's maybe not like the most like flattering thing to admit to or something like yeah. that in a way. Oh, I don't, I'm not proud it's just of it. like, it's kind of like awkward, but it's like, but yeah, sometimes it's like, there is that joy of like being of like exclusivity, right? You're just like, oh, yeah. like, like I don't want to tell people about this like <laughs> thing because yeah, like I, I want to be the cool, I want to be cool, and, like, <laughs> absolutely, and whatever. Or I don't know, or like you have some kind of connection, like you feel like you're the only one, like you have some weird, you know, what do they call para, para, what is it? What is that word that people say now, like para relationship or some shit with like something? I, I hang out Pseudo almost exclusively with five-year-olds, so I don't know. That's, that's not, I'm not cool <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, it's like something going around the internet. Anyway, but you know, like parasocial, like a parasocial relationship, oh, you know, where you're yeah. kind of like have, it's like in your mind, like this connection between you and some artist. And you're like, if there's only two of us in this yes. equation and yes. stuff like that, but literally thousands of people know about it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I resonate with that. Um, and I do, I do. Yeah, it's weird it's the way we weird. do that. I love it. Yeah, Joe, as somebody who 
a long time ago used to wait 10 minutes for Franklin barbecue. Dude. And now everybody has to wait four hours for Franklin barbecue. Exactly. Like I totally get where you're coming from on this, but like to go back to the art part of it, I think part of it though is like you really experience art in like a personal level. Right. And so it's interesting when a whole bunch of people feel like they, you know, connect with an artist that you connected with do you think it's part of like maybe you feel less special or you feel like it diminishes Ooh. the personal relationship or impact it had on you? Like, does it retroactively affect those moments where you yeah. did appreciate it or was important art to you? That's, that's a great, great question. It's a great avenue to go down because I, I think it's, it's the core of the whole uh, like hipster. I saw it first. I knew them before they were cool thing it, that that's, that's the root of that thing is of why we're proud that we found it first when, I mean, when all I did, like, you know, if I find an artist on Spotify that my friends don't know about, I think that I'm cool. When like, meanwhile, that, that artist on Spotify has like 2 million monthly listens. Like I'm not special, but I, I that honestly to steal Nadia's turn, like, yeah, it does make me feel special that maybe that is just the two of us when it's definitely not like, there's no, like it, if your artist, if, if you were the only person enjoying that food or that artist, that, that artist would not continue, that chef would not continue to make things without the the constant influx of more patrons i guess they're not going to continue to go but i, I guess the the difference is i don't necessarily mind waiting longer for franklin's barbecue or specifically torchy's tacos because it used to just be that one food truck that nobody knew about and now everybody knows since they got break i don't mind waiting longer what I, I i think that i would be more adverse to is the dilution of the product are you purposefully changing your songs or your menu or your painting style to purposefully appease the masses? And that's fine. You're allowed to, but if it's no longer the thing that I liked you for, that's where I think I fall off. Maybe, you know what I mean? But that's so interesting. Cause like we also artists also grow and evolve. Right. Yeah. And sort of what speaks to them in one moment might not speak to them now. And so it's interesting that like, sometimes I think, an artist can be doing the same thing they were doing and can have the same inspiration or whatever. And the fact that more people like it makes it a sellout when maybe the art itself is the same. Do you think that's possible or is that am nah, I just yeah. uh, making stuff up here? <laughs> no, I like that. That's Nadia. Would you, would you agree with that? That not, it's not necessarily the core principle that changed, but just the fact that more people like it changes the perception of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting notion. Um, yeah. Oh man, sorry. There's just like somebody honking like a maniac out there. I love. I don't know if you shout out to New York. Shout out to New York. Shout out to the big shout apple, everybody. <laughs> yeah, people do be loud here. That is, that's <laughs> that is true. That's accurate. But um, so what was I saying? Yeah, that is interesting because I mean the truth of it is that you know, fame and things like this and renown and attention of uh, this type that's like really extreme does fundamentally change people, it, definitely. I mean, they have to adapt to this like really weird situation, um, you know? And it's like, once you kind of have achieved certain amount of income or something like that in some kind of, um, corporation or like you say if you're a band or something like that and you've sold all these records well then they're you're expected to keep it up you know yeah so there's all these like expectations that are kind of like imposed upon you and things like that and even if you're an independent 
musician or artist or whatever it's like people do just like people know you for the thing you know <laughs> and it's it just becomes like a, you have to kind of give the people what they want to a certain degree I would suppose yeah. you know and I feel that like that's why it's sort of like artists that you know say somebody like Joni Mitchell okay like we all know the songs from the 70s and stuff but it's like does anyone know the song that she put out like a couple years ago <laughs> like she's still putting out music you know like there's artists yeah. that like are still very much artists but like no one like no one cares you know anymore type of thing because it's like they're doing what they actually want because they're real people and they're not like a product you know mm. so I think to a certain degree is like the market demands like really bullshitty stuff that's <laughs> you know the same thing you know yeah oh yeah so make, make sure what you produce fits into the mold because that's the only thing we can sell so that's, yeah that's what we're going to push or Would just like my it? idea of what you are, right? Yes, yes, ex- yes, exactly. I want the commercial version of what you are. I don't, th- and it's also. I, I hope for her sake, she has plenty of money, so she can just make art that speaks truly from her soul, as opposed to what speaks to you know the radio or whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking Joni Mitchell's probably doing. She's, <laughs> she's probably doing okay. She's she's probably probably doing okay. Joni uh, so, Mitchell's good. So here's a question, Nadia: Would you want to get? famous and also know that our billions of listeners you're going to be famous now, oh, yeah. just so you yes, know like this this oh, podcast reaches uh, we reach nines of homes every week so you're about wow. to be famous. <laughs> I, you know, can't we, to, I can't wait to blow up like, yeah dude so you're gonna be huge <laughs> but yeah like I'm excited. would you would you even want to be i mean obviously i think everybody wants a a, a version of stability of, of financial freedom and blah blah, blah. i obviously that, i'm not speaking to that i mean would you want to be recognizable as you walk down the street would you want that level of fame you know I I don't know because I am a person who's like can't even put that many selfies on my Instagram (laughs) (laughs) like I'm just like I get uncomfortable (laughs) I don't know I I feel awkward sometimes about like putting images of myself out into the world type of thing so I feel that it would be highly awkward and I'm actually friend, friends with, actually high school friends, like y'all are with a girl who's now a famous person. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, so I kind of, not that, you know, I hang out with her all the time or anything, but I, you know, I have like been walking down the street and people have stopped and been like, hey, I love you. <laughs> and it's just so bizarre. And I want to ask her all about it, but it's like, also, it's kind of weird to ask about it. Yeah. It's kind of awkward and weird and it puts people on the spot and it makes you seem like you're some shitty fan too. So <laughs> it's like, I can't ask, I can't ask her about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, to be honest, yeah, I don't know, maybe it might hmm. be, it seems interesting, but at the same time, it's big pluses big minuses i think yeah huge like i i honestly can't imagine what it like i i would i think i i i would hope that i am of the mindset that i could really mess with people if i ever got famous where they recognized me uh a friend of the show uh joe brady was on the podcast one time we 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 talked about it many times off air but he was like yeah if i ever get famous whenever i notice someone noticing me i'm just gonna start talking the most insane nonsense (laughs) like either be like suddenly like one day be a super huge q anon or the next day be like huge ld lgbtq the next day be huge (laughs) trumper and just like purposefully flip uh, just to mess with people like i think i would like that that would be fun but god i would hate if i couldn't go to the movies or like couldn't go to the store you know what i mean like that would get I think, I mean, I, I, I likely will never know, but I would imagine that would be very tiresome. E, what's your take on that? Would you, would you ever want that? 
do you remember when we did the personality quiz and I was like a 95% introvert? So like, I'm going to go ahead and pass. <laughs> oh man. I love it. No, there's, yeah, there, there are so many memes about that. Like I left my, my, comfort zone and did one thing today and then rushed back to my comfort zone. Like there, there's so many that I, I have to admit, I relate to on a certain level, but to try and wrap this up, I, mean, I don't even know how to wrap this up, but I'm scared that because we're not recording on our regular platform, I don't know how much time we have left. So last- oh, no, you have as much time as you want, but like, yeah, it's been like 40, it's been like 40 minutes or so. All right. I'll take that. That's about, you know, honestly, that's about right. Give or take. Okay. Would y'all consider memes art? Is it a, obviously a modern day, but are they, is that art now? Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. With the takes. I love it. I, I, I seriously, I think so too. Obviously, I, I think that's the future. I think that is how almost all young people are learning to express themselves, including me. I mean, I'm mid thirties and I still like, I made a meme and posted it on Reddit. I got 18 likes guys. What up? Like it, or, up those, yeah. pretty, pretty congrats. Congrats. on your validation, Joe. Congrats so, on your validation, so, man. You have no idea. It, it was a GME one. So I texted Vance. I was like, bro, I got 18 months. Like, like that's, I feel like that's where we all are. Now, I think that is just, it's not necessarily the easiest form, but just a, it's a simple form. It's a platform that everybody gets. I mean, do, do you guys think that, I mean, A, our memes aren't, I think you all agree, but B, memes aren't going anywhere. Do, do you think that they will ever end? Because I, I think they're here to stay. Um, well, oh, sorry to interrupt, but no, I was, I was just, just saying, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say memes in, a, in general, like I think, they've existed in different forms for a long time, right? Like people would make paintings or, you know, Swift's uh, modest proposal is essentially a meme in a essay form. That's a great call. It, yeah. Self, oh, wow. That's a great call. I haven't actually read it, but I, I, I've heard about it. So yeah, no, that's. Uh, yeah, you did. We read it in senior English class. I was with you. I read the cliff notes, bro. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> but no, that's interesting. That's, that's a really great take. It, it's the idea of being, of being, I don't know, trying to break the third wall or break the fourth wall somehow with just a, a standard template. But nowadays it's, it's on purpose. You can take real life. I mean, it, people are making memes of things that happened this morning and, and they're putting them out that afternoon. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, the cycle, I suppose, of, of what art can be is speeding up, I, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, does that make sense? Like, that, that you can crack. I mean, shit, Nadia, with you, with, with digital, the, the idea that you could make something relatively quickly that used to take hours, if not days, that you could maybe make a pro, you know what I mean? Like, is, is that a fair assumption that at least with technology, we're able to make art faster? Is, is that fair to even say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a big, wide world art um but i mean there's just people who do stuff that are that, like you know even like oil painting takes a really long time you know what i mean and that's not getting faster because yeah, the, the the paint has to dry yeah literally so yeah but i mean i don't know just to answer your question too i don't agree that memes are art but i agree that Ooh. memes can be art interesting can be okay. art. No, i like that's fair. i don't think that's that all, all memes are not art but <laughs> can be so, it, so then so. to, I mean, there's no, you can define art, but in your head, Nadia, does art require at least a, a certain level of effort? Because I mean, obviously there's a lot of low effort memes and low effort just nonsense. Is, is that the line that you would consider some that took a long time, not even necessarily a long time, but more effort, more and more quality? Is that the, is that the line that you would draw? 
with memes i think that it's more in my point of view i don't think it's like effort necessarily but i think it's more like point of view and like um saying something like really um like novel and like original and hmm. that's what i would say like some things that are fresh you know things that are like make you think you know what i mean i mean i guess all memes kind of do that in a sense but then there's some memes that are a little bit like a cut above you know <laughs> so yes that's what yes that's fair <laughs> yeah i i would i do get the idea that like it's much more likely that five random people are going to create the same meme than five random people are going to draw the exact same thing or make the same movie or show or X, Y, or Z, right? Because there's already a template. So like maybe there's less artistic freedom in a meme than there would be in other forms of expression. That is a great call. Yeah. The, the odds that, that five separate people or group you know, random strangers could put the same nine words on the same template is far more than any couple of strangers they would ever paint or create the same. So that is a great damn point great point also we are going to wrap this up because my kids did just get home and this is not a big house okay. so y'all are gonna be able to hear them but dude nadia thank you so all right in case the, the front half of this got cut off what what is your podcast yes. let, all, let our oh, our six listeners you. know it, it, it hit them up so amazing, guys, amazing. check her out check her out guys <laughs> okay yeah totally um check out my podcast it's called expression quest podcast it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts just look it up spotify apple Podcasts. And um, it is an art podcast, uh, conversations between me and like a huge variety of types of artists, not just visual, although that's the kind of art that I do. And yeah, check it out if you enjoy, you know, the kind of stuff that um, these guys talk about, just like probing questions, trying to figure stuff out, like challenging, you know, banter about uh, creativity and art and, um, and also a peek into my life and my, uh, you know, artsy chaos and stuff like that. I kind of <laughs> check in. I do like a little Mark Marin intro every, every time. Yes. Oh, I love, I love Marin. <laughs> yes. Love Marin. Yes. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so check well, it out. Well, dude, thank you for joining us, man. Seriously, this was a blast. I, I, with the slew of technical difficulties, I was getting scared, but this was awesome, man. So thank you for coming on. And yeah, everybody go check out uh, Expression Quest. Check out Nadia. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. Awesome. I don't know how to end this thing. I, don't, I usually have the oh. record stop button, so I guess that's on you. But dude, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Joe doesn't, Joe doesn't like, know oh, what shit. to do here. I'm out of control. Stop. How do it's I like, end? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Oh, hey, buddy. All right, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go be a parent now, but dude, <laughs> thank okay, you so bye. much, man. This was awesome. Right. See y'all. Bye. <laughs>